welcome to the Perfect Guard Podcast. This is episode 12, I think. I don't know, I've lost count. I believe it is 12. <laughs> yeah, I'm Cole from the Drive Check Podcast. I'm joined by uh, Andy over there. Hi, everybody. Hello, welcome. Hi, Cole. Enough with the formalities. This is a different episode. We're doing yeah. different stuff. So if you guys didn't catch the tail end of the live recording of Drive Check last week, um, Cole had talked a little bit. Thank you, Drive Check, for the plug. I appreciate it. Um, mm. We've done enough piggybacking off of your success, and we are now on our own feed, so we're going to make a name for ourselves now. But uh, what am I getting at? Oh, Cole made a little announcement that Perfect Guard is no longer... Just based on kind of the nature of games and, and what's kind of been going on in Vanguard specifically and with the community, uh, Perfect Guard's no longer going to be specifically a Vanguard podcast. And I'm sure if you've listened to the past two or three episodes, you can kind of tell we were headed in that direction. We just weren't sure exactly how we wanted to deal with it. So mm-hmm. nobody panic, nobody jump ship yet. Uh, we are going to shift gears to just competitive games. We're going to talk about competitiveness in games, in specific games, what that means. We're still going to cover Vanguard mm-hmm. when it's relevant. I say real quick, the, the WGP is coming back in Japan, but that's kind of Japan, and that's not a worldwide, a global-focused event. So there's no point in us necessarily covering it as extensively as we would, like a BCS or something like that. Right. So Bingo. So... Our current um, focus is Flesh and Blood right now, right? Well, so what that means, uh, yeah, this episode, surprise, is going to be about Flesh and Blood. However, next week might not be. The week after that might not be. Some crazy stuff might happen in Vanguard, and we'll talk about that. We might talk about Pokemon next week. Magic the Gathering. Um, You know, it's kind of up in the air. We're getting loosey-goosey with it. So if you guys Mm -hmm. have anything specific you want us to cover as far as the you know, deck lists for certain games or anything specific about certain competitive, I'd say let's keep it card games. We will, uh, we'll talk about it. I'll talk about anything. Yeah. We're going to do a MetaZoo episode. We're not, uh, we're not going to do a MetaZoo episode. Don't worry. I don't, that, that, um, mm-hmm. I have opinions on that game. So <sighs> we might do a MetaZoo episode. Then. No. You want to talk about Neopets, the card game? One Piece. Uh, I'm just <laughs> kidding. We're only going to talk about living card games. Not living card. We're going to talk about... Non-dead card Not games. dead card games. <laughs> and we might talk about it. We could do a, like a Marvel Champions episode or an Arkham Horror episode. That'd be cool. Anyway, <laughs> that's what we're doing. So I'm going to give everybody... I'm going to give everybody five seconds of me not talking... To, to find the X and exit the podcast. If, if, you, if you're upset, I get it. But I'm going to give you time to close it out, and then I'm going to give you time to realize you've made a mistake and come back. Okay? Ready? Here we go. <laughs> All right, welcome back to Perfect Guard Podcast. Today we're going to cover f- some flesh and blood, and more specifically as people in the Vanguard community, our Vanguard community, and our Discord community have been getting into the game, it seems a lot of people, the the best place to start out are with these new Tales of Aria Blitz decks, because that's what's easily accessible. It's a deck in a box. You can bust it open and upgrade it a little bit and have a perfectly viable competitive deck. So what mm-hmm. we're going to do today, we're going to talk about Briar, 
Lexi, and Oldham. We're going to talk about their Blitz decks, uh, what you get for your $12 or whatever your LGS is charging you, and how to upgrade that. And how to upgrade it, say you want to spend 20 bucks. 20 bucks is a very reasonable, it's not uh, what I would, what a lot of people would consider a, a lot of money. Um, mm-hmm. It's a small investment that you could use to upgrade your deck. And we're going to talk about how for just $20, we're going to debunk some of the stigma that this game is ridiculously expensive and you need to be rich to play it. Because you could upgrade, you could do a lot of upgrades for $20. And then, of course, oh, yeah. we'll talk about if you want to dip into the big boy cards, what big boy cards you might want to really flesh out your deck and make it hard-hitting and, and as competitive as you could be before mm-hmm. it starts to lean on you as the player. So that's that's the show today. Hopefully that sounds fun to you. And if it doesn't, well, listen anyway, because you're already here. And you love our voices. God, you do. You do. They do. <laughs> I don't know True. what else to say about it. So we're just going to get started without further ado, unless you have anything, Cole, about the changes or anything you want to say. or. Uh, no, no, no. Not, not particularly. Not right now, at least. Yeah, give um, it a shot. That's, that's where I'm at. <clears throat> yeah. And like I said, we can always go back to, to Vanguard have like an episode or maybe we could just have like vanguard competitive news if there any, is any news at the, at the top at the top of the Who show knows? yeah we'll see so this is a a new endeavor kind of for both of us so we're gonna see mm-hmm. we're gonna flesh it out flesh it out flesh and blood, blood flesh it out <laughs> Fle- we're gonna flesh and blood it out <laughs> <laughs> uh and we're gonna find out what works for us and yada 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 so i should pull up the heroes i should because i want to read the hero so hold on I'm going to read the hero. We're going to start okay. with Briar. I think that's the best thing to do. And Briar is an elemental rune blade. And that's pretty cool. So Briar... <laughs> Briar has is this weird has this weird thing. Rune blades in general function on like a dichotomy where they care about attack actions and non-attack actions. Their whole thing is... Their whole... They don't have like a named keyword, but it's if you've played a non-attack action and an attack action this turn, do bleh. Kinda mm-hmm. like Viscerai gives you uh, a rune chant token. Briar Briar makes her own tokens. Chain is irrelevant, so we're not gonna talk about him. <laughs> so so we're gonna talk about Briar. Briar today, she's an elemental rune blade hero. She has Essence of Earth and Lightning. So Tales of Aria, a little preface, is all the cards, not all the cards, most of the cards are elemental. Mm -hmm. Which means you have to be an elemental hero to be able to play them. Mm -hmm. So you buy packs of Tales of Aria, you're looking for cards to build one of the three heroes we're going to talk about today. Briar has Essence of Earth and Lightning, which means you may have Earth cards and Lightning cards in your deck. Which means you may not have Ice cards in your deck. And then Briar has two skills. First skill, whenever an attack action card you control deals damage to an opposing hero, create an embodiment of Earth token. Second skill, whenever your second non-attack action card each turn is played, create an embodiment of Lightning token. Well, what's embodiment of Lightning and what's embodiment of Earth? Embodiment of Lightning is a token that says when you play an attack action card, you're going to sacrifice the token, and that card is going to get go again. An embodiment of Earth is a token that's going to stay in play 
At the start of your action phase, you're going to sacrifice it, so it's going to stay in play all the way during your opponent's turn until your next turn. And it says that non-attack action cards you control have plus one shield. I think. It might be attack action cards, actually. Hold on. I think it is attack. Is it attack action cards? Non-attack. I was right. Non-attack action cards you control have plus one shield while defending. That's what Embodiment of Earth does. Okay. So we got there. A little messy, but we got there. So <laughs> you see with Briar, you're trying to at least get some damage in once a turn. And you want to mm-hmm. play two non-attack actions a turn, generally speaking. Now, Briar doesn't have an issue giving her cards go again normally, so the Embodiment of Lightning token is kind of just gravy. Worth noting, uh, Briar's abilities are not once per turn. Well, the the second one is, but the first one isn't. So whenever an attack action card you control deals damage to an opposing hero, you're going to create an embodiment of Earth token. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Which means, if I have a card like Singeing Steel Blade, and I play it, and it deals one arcane damage to my opponent, it dealt damage. So deal damage and hits are different in this game. Deal damage is just dealt damage. Hits is the attack action hits. It's not guarded. It gets all the way through, and it hits. So, oh, those I didn't are, know that. It's a very different things, which will be relevant when we talk about Shock Charmers later. So, whenever an attack action card hits, or, or deals damage, so if I hit you with Stinging Steel Blade, deal damage, I get an Embodiment of Earth token, and then you didn't guard it, it deals damage again, I get an Embodiment of Earth token. So I'll have two during your turn. Mm. Pretty good. Yeah. So, Briar's pretty cool, because she's definitely the best of the three. And that she's the most competitively, I don't want to say viable, because Oldham and Lexi are both extremely viable. She's got three sets of Runeblade cards to work with, if she wants them. And her cards are just really good economy. Mm-hmm. Briar has really good action economy. She has no trouble getting go again, next to Embodiment of Lightning, or other cards that you're going to play. Everything is going to, She her damage is really split down to milk split down the middle between arcane damage and normal damage, which is going to put your opponent on the back foot, depending on how much null rune stuff they brought mm-hmm. versus what they're going to want to guard with equipment-wise or from their hand. Yeah. So it's she taxes your opponent's resources as far as their hand uh, very well. Briar's extremely good. She's very popular. She's uh, pretty fun to play against, pretty fun to play. I, I don't think it's like a... It's not a toxic thing or anything. It's, she's just very, very good. And yeah, Briar in the skill in the hands of like a skilled uh, flesh and blood player, super dangerous. I won't be mm-hmm. surprised if we see Briar win the limited calling uh, this weekend and next weekend because there's two Dallas Fort Worth this weekend and Cincinnati next weekend. She's oh, okay. very strong. So without further ado, you have your Briar deck. You've paid your money and you think, well, this seems pretty good, but I really, how do we, how do we upgrade it? Well, Briar does not need a lot of expensive cards. Most of Briar's cards are commons and rares, so it's going to be very cheap to make this Briar upgrade uh, into a viable deck. In fact, I almost did the whole thing in just the $20 bracket. Mm -hmm. Now, it's not perfect, it's not optimized, but I want to go over a couple cards. So the first thing you're going to want to do, you're going to want to get a full play set of Ball Lightnings. Ball Lightning is a... it's busted. It's an insane card. It's a common. It's too strong. They ban Seeds of Agony. I think this is going to be next on the chopping block. Give it six months. This card is extremely strong. It costs zero. You're, you're going to want all six. You're going to want two red, two blue, or two yellow and two blue. 
Uh, it's got three attack if you're red, uh, two if you're yellow, one if you're blue. Cost zero, and it says whenever a lightning or ele elemental action card would deal damage this combat chain, instead it deals that much damage plus one. Go again. So it's a free roll, costs nothing, has go again. <laughs> and as long as it's on the combat chain, everything is dealing damage plus one. And it has those br the briar words, would deal damage, not hits, would deal damage. So all your arcane damage, if I do you one arcane damage and you do not barrier that, it's going to hit you for two. Oh my god, okay. Okay? Yeah. So that's where we want to start. Um, the full playset of Ball Lightnings will run you under $2. So, right there. Bada bing, bada Ooh. boom. In the deck. Next card I want to talk about, and I'm, we're not going to read off every single card, but I want to read off, I want to read word for word the cards that are extremely relevant and the cards you want to prioritize for sure. So the next card I want to talk about is called Flicker Wisp. It's uh, also costs zero. And this is a rune blade action, so it's non-attack action. And this is actually a majestic card. So you're going to need two of these. It's going to run you about $3 total. Okay? So we've only spent $5, and we're already, we're already looking really good here. So Flicker Wisp has Lightning Fusion. Fusion is a mechanic where when you play the card, after you pay the pitch cost as an additional cost, you may reveal a Lightning card from your hand or whatever element you're fusing with. And then a Flicker Wisp was fused until end of turn. Action card effects you control that deal arcane damage. Instead, deal that much arcane damage plus one. And then it says, deal one arcane damage to target hero. Go again. Um. So if you fuse this, the fusion effect on Flicker Wisp is a replacement effect. So it doesn't increase the amount of damage dealt, it changes the number. So if I would deal you two arcane damage, Instead, it's going to be for three. So you would need to barrier all three of that arcane damage. Oh. You see, you see what we're getting here? So yeah. uh, these other two heroes we're going to talk about today need a weapon upgrade that's going to kind of tax our budget a little bit. Not Briar. From the starter deck, she comes with Rosetta Thorn. Rosetta Thorn is the best Runeblade weapon, bar none. As long as, uh, you, you can read your Rosetta Thorn, but basically you're splitting four damage between Arcane and Physical Damage every time you attack with it. It's extremely good. Yeah. So, it's, uh, it's very easy to pull off, and your, some of your effects are gonna, are gonna augment your Rosetta Thorn damage as well. So that's Flicker Wisp. Super strong, super good. Couple other cards you're gonna wanna look at. Uh, Explosive Growth, you're gonna wanna flesh out your playset, so... Two yellows and a red, that'll run you a dollar. A couple of Bramble Sparks, uh, two yellow ones to flesh out your playset, 50 cents for those. Four Electrifies, uh, I said two reds, two blues, that'll run you a dollar. Sting of Sorcery is a card you're going to want. This is another Majestic. So the playset here, two of them, it's going to cost you 10 bucks, okay? But it's very worth it, especially when you combine it with Flicker Wisp and Ball Lightning. And you're going to notice a theme here when we talk about all of our cards. So this costs zero. It's a Runeblade action aura, so it's a non-attack action. It has go again, and auras stay in play until they say to destroy them. Okay? Think of it like an enchantment magic. But a lot of auras mm -hmm. will sacrifice themselves, destroy themselves. Sting mm -hmm. of Sorcery says attack action cards you control, gain. When you attack with this, deal one arcane damage to target hero. Which doesn't seem like a lot. But, let's say I play Flicker Wisp, and I fuse it. 
And then I play Sting of Sorcery. These both cost zero. No resource. We've committed nothing to the board. Sting of Sorcery costs zero. And then let's say I play uh, a Red Ball Lightning. So now, Red Ball Lightning is going to deal one arcane damage from Sting of Sorcery. That will get increased to two arcane damage from Flicker Wisp. And then the Ball Lightning will increase that again. Because it's two arcane damage plus one because it's a ball lightning effect and it's a lightning action. Mm. So we've committed zero resources. We're attacking for three plus three arcane damage for no pitch. That's insane. So then you have one card left in your hand. Uh, everything's got go again. So then you're going to pitch it. You're going to attack with your Rosetta Thorn and that's your turn. Pretty Pretty gross stuff. So that's Sting of Sorcery. It's a little more expensive, but I would definitely recommend picking them up. Also, if you want to play Viscerai or Chain, uh, this card is just a Runeblade staple, in my opinion. It's very good. Mm -hmm. So that's really it for the main deck cards that I would recommend picking up, and you could swap those out as you see fit. Briar doesn't need a ton of blues to function, so you can play a lot of red and yellow, more powerful cards. I will say for a couple bucks here, uh, $4 total, which should bring us to our $20 range, these are just some quick equipments I would pick up to replace the ones that come in the trial deck, or the trial deck, the blitz deck, excuse me. Uh, for feet, I would play Snapdragon Scalers. Those are going to give your attacks that cost one pitch or less go again. Mark of Lightning is going to deal one additional damage when you hit or when a lightning or elemental effect would deal damage. Those are your arms. Aether Ironweave is going to provide additional resources for you. It also has shield value with Battle Worn, which means it doesn't get broken. And then I would pick up Crown of Dichotomy. It's got Arcane Barrier built into it. Super nice, so you don't have to worry about bringing a Null Rune Hood to the game. And mm -hmm. you can activate your Crown of Dichotomy. It's an action point, but you're going to put a Rune Blade attack and non-attack action from your graveyard on top of your deck in any order. So super good to recycle those Sting of Sorcery, Flicker Wisp, Ball Lightning effects. So that's your $20 upgrade for Briar. I kind of went through pretty quick. If you guys have any questions or you want to see my Briar list, please hit me up in Discord for sure. There's also tons of Briar lists. She's far and away the most popular hero from this set, in my opinion, so you should not have mm -hmm. trouble finding a list mm -hmm. for her. couple cards. Say real qu real yeah, quick, go ahead, go ahead. If you buy one of each of the, um, uh, the Tales of Aria uh, trial deck, starter, the Blitz decks, whatever, um, the Azalea, not Jesus Christ, the, the Lexi one has a Mark of Lightning in it that you're not going to use in the Lexi deck. So you don't actually have to buy that if you bought the other one. You can just swap it over to this. Bingo, bango, bongo, baby. That's pretty good. So, yeah. That's pretty good. So our Briar <laughs> deck is almost done for $20. For an additional $8, <laughs> you could play Pulse of Candlehold, which I highly recommend if you have the budget for it. It's basically Crown of Dichotomy on, an, on a non-attack action. So it costs zero. It is legendary. Legendary confuses a lot of players in this game because there's legendary, the rarity, and then legendary, mm -hmm. the keyword. So yeah. legendary, the keyword, basically means you can only play one of it in your deck. That's all that means. So you can only play one Pulse of Candlehold. And then legendary, the rarity, basically means it's an expensive-ass equipment. <laughs> That's more or less what it means. Why couldn't why couldn't they just say call it like unique? I don't know instead of legendary. 
What's well, it is Legend Story Studios. Well, they have a they have a rarity called the same thing as like a a, a mechanic slash keyword. That just it's anyway, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Pulse of Candle Hold. You're gonna put up to two Earth, Lightning, and or Elemental action cards from your graveyard on top of your deck, and then you're gonna banish Pulse of Candle Hold, which means it's not gonna go to the graveyard. It's gonna go to the banish zone. So it's basically Crown of Dichotomy on a card. Doesn't cost your equipment slot. Doesn't cost your action point because it has go again. Mm-hmm. Super good card. I would highly recommend it. And then if you want to really spend some money and say, wow, I really love Briar. I really love Flesh and Blood. What can I pick up to really make my deck good and and be strong? I would recommend, the first thing I would recommend is a pair of Shock Charmers. So yep. right now we're in the first print run, so everything in Tales of Aria is going to be first edition, which means legendaries are more expensive than they will be in a limited edition. That's just how it is. It's how the game mm-hmm. works. It's functioned fine this far. Please don't complain about it. If you think it's too expensive, don't buy it. And uh, leave people alone who do buy them. Okay? <laughs> that, <that's, laughs> yeah. You know, just... Leave us alone, all right? We, I'm sorry that my card costs the same as your Vanguard deck uh, for one card, but that's just how real card games function as far as the market goes. This is Shock Charmers. It is, uh, it's an arms piece. It's got Spell Void, which is a little different than Arcane Barrier. You can destroy it to prevent two Arcane damage from one source, but you're probably not going to do that because this card is insane. It's an instant mm-hmm. effect, which means it does not cost an action point. It costs two pitch. And it is not a once-per-turn effect. The next time an action card you control would hit a hero this turn, it deals one damage to them. So the next time an action card you control hits a hero this turn, it deals one damage to them. And it's an instant, which means you can activate this after your opponent has guarded, before damage is dealt. Would this count attack actions as well? Or is it it's, This is not... only for attack actions. Okay. All right. Sorry. So, say you have ball lightning. We're going to keep coming back to ball lightning because this card's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Say I have a red ball lightning. I'm attacking you for three. You don't guard it. You don't have defense reactions. You don't have damage prevention. It Before it hits, I pay two pitch into the ball lightning. So, it hits you for three. Ball lightning's effect increases that to four. Shock Charmers has Ball Lightning deal one damage to you. Ball Lightning dealt the damage, so the effect will increase that to two. So your red Ball Lightning just did five, six damage. Ooh. Yep. And you can do Shock Charmers every turn for the low cost of two pitch. Very good card. Very good. Yeah. If you don't like Shock Charmers, because, you know, it doesn't have shield, it's got Spell Void, it's it can be a little finicky sometimes, you have to have a good hand to pull it off, you can play a Grasp of the Arknight, because that is a regular, that's a Rune Blade equipment. Grasp of the Arknight has two shield, which is you can guard with it. It's got Battle Worn, so it doesn't break after you guard it. Pretty good. And then for two pitch, as an action, you can create a Rune Chant token. It's got Go Again. So, super good. Very viable. Again, that's going to be the the arms piece you're going to pick up if you are interested in other rune blades as well, because every rune blade plays Grasp of the Arknight. The other thing I'm going to recommend is a pair of Spellbound Creepers. Spellbound Creepers 
is the leg piece. It is also for all rune blades, so you're not going to miss out on it. Um, oh, prices. Uh, Shock Charmer is going to run you about 190 bucks. Grasp of Arknight. It's been all over the place right now because of some weird market stuff, but between between 170 and 250. I know that's a really big window, but that's just what they've been going for for the past couple days. Spellbound Creepers is going to set you back about $170. Uh, once per turn instance, uh, I'm not going to read this whole thing because you guys don't care. And it's uh, Basically, you're going to pay a pitch. You're going to give your next non-attack action card go again. And then you're going to need, as long as you have dealt arcane damage that turn, equal to the amount of pitch you've spent, your Spellbound Creepers stick around. Otherwise, they're going to, they're going to get destroyed. Is this really good if you need to take Briar to a, a, a maybe a grindier kind of way. So a lot of her cards already have go again on them, but you could play some older Runeblade cards that don't have go again built in. Use the Spellbound Creepers to make those powerful cards work for Briar by giving them go again every single turn. And then Arcanite Skullcap, if you want one of those, it's $220. It's really good. Pick one up. It's good for everybody. It's generic headpiece. Super strong. Mm. It's got the best comeback mechanic in the game. So that's that's Briar in a nutshell. She's really powerful, man. She's very scary. Yeah, really good. I've been playing against her every week. There's, it's really fun to play against, but she can do some crazy stuff. So that's Briar. What do you think, Cole? What do you think of Briar? You've played against Briar, haven't you? I have. I've yeah. played against it once, really, and I tried playing it. Um, and I, it felt good. But yeah, like with the the twenty dollar upgrade, I think I could I could really enjoy it. Yeah, that's the thing, guys. These final upgrades that I'm gonna that we're listing off all these legendary equipments. Man, you don't need these. Are they no. gonna make your deck better? Absolutely, they're worth the money. Trust me, I was a little skeptic at first, but once you spend the money and it's gone already, and you're not attached to it anymore, and then you have the card and you play with the card, <laughs> you're like, wow, this is a good card. It's a good card. Mm -hmm. You know, I get it. I totally get yeah. it. And the good thing about Flesh and Blood and spending all that money on those legendary things is those are the most expensive cards in the game, and they can be used in almost any deck. So they, like, you and only they need the one. their value. Correct. Correct. So that's really nice. Um, it is a, it's a steep investment up front, but the payoff uh, is, is there in the long run. Yep. So. Absolutely. Nice. All right, are we moving to Lexi now? Yeah, let's move on to Lexi. So Cole's gonna Cole's gonna bring you guys Lexi, and I'm interested to see kind of what he came up with here. Okay, <clears throat> so right out of the box, Lexi. I'm gonna read her thing, but I'm gonna tell you right now that her her focus in the in the Blitz deck is heavy on the Lightning, but I don't think from the little bit that I've played of Lexi without up actually like upgrading and playing with the upgrades is i don't think lexi really wants the go wide that uh the lightning play style offers and i think she wants to go tall and what i mean by go tall is have like one really big really hard to guard attack versus going wide which is a lot of uh multi-attacks a lot of go again actions briar so, is a good example of a go wide right azalea which is another the other ranger um, she, in my opinion, really likes to go wide, go wide get absolutely. As, as many attacks as possible. Um, and I, which is my preferred play style, which is why Briar hasn't been speaking to me. Um, but 
Lexi, who I wanted to play like that, just doesn't play like that. So I'm going to read her her effects, and then we'll go from there. So she is an elemental ranger uh, with the essence of ice and lightning. So she can use ice and lightning, which are two very different, very different elements, which I find is funny. Uh, what's per turn action? Turn a face down card in your arsenal face up. If it's a lightning card, your next attack this turn gains go again. If it's an ice card, create a frostbite token under target hero's control. At period, go again. So, uh, and a frostbite token, I'm just going to go ahead and read it because the whole my whole build is going to be ice focused. So I'm changing most of the deck uh, for that. Or I would recommend changing most of the deck for that um, sort of thing. So frostbite token. Uh, cards and activated abilities you control cost an additional pitch. At the beginning of your end phase, or when you play a card or activate an ability, destroy Frostbite. So, the whole the whole idea for this for this build is to just kind of lock your opponent out of um, out of things to play, so that I can just keep wailing on them, make them pay a lot of pitch in order to. Um, to guard or if they take uh damage give them frostbite tokens so that they kind of either do nothing on your uh on their turn or you know they overpay for their stuff so that they're going through their cards quicker than they should be and just kind of like lock them down like that <clears throat> now this is a very different play style than what i would normally play um so i don't know all of the ins and outs and the specifics of <laughs> how a super controlly deck is going to work but um the the ice element i think has a lot of a lot of cool stuff uh so if we look at frost lock by the way let me see if i, I pulled it up somewhere yeah here it is okay frost lock is a it's only a blue uh so it has ice fusion it's also an elemental ranger action arrow attack and rangers are very i'm gonna say complex because they have the weapon is a bow and the what the bow itself doesn't actually attack you have to load arrows into your arsenal and then you fire them from your arsenal and those are your arrow attacks and it gets very complicated because there's a lot of steps that you have to go into in order to make it happen um, but Frostlock says Ice Fusion, so if you show a, an ice from your hand, then as part of the cost, you get to do something special. Uh, cards and activated abilities cost opposing heroes an additional pitch this turn. So, I'm taxing them, I'm making them pay more in order to do anything. Oh, that's, uh, that's static. As soon as yeah. you put Frostlock onto the combat chain, that happens. Yup. Yeah. Yep, which is really nice. It doesn't have to uh, hit. It doesn't have to do anything. So that's really good against, think like Oldham, like old. Yeah, that's really good. Yep. Yep. I, th <laughs> I'm looking at uh, fabdb.net and looking reading these cards. In Australia, it's going for twenty five dollars, but in the U.S., it's going for about four, which I <laughs> I think is kind of funny. Um. Anyway, his his second thing is, uh, if Frostlock was fused, it gets one. Is that Attack, power, Attack, damage. power, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Uh, and if this hits a hero until end of their next turn, they can't pitch or play cards with base cost of zero. Uh, so I'm, I'm making them overpay. Actually, they straight up can't play free cards. So 
or zero cost of cards, yep. which is really yeah, so nice. Yeah, this is going to destroy Ninja. It's going to be extremely good against Briar. Mm-hmm. Rune Blades in general. Yeah, very yep. strong. Absolutely worth the $4 yeah. for a playset of those. Yep. Um, and then we've got an additional copy of Lightning Press, and that just buffs up your... Um, your it it's lightning or elemental, elemental. I believe it is. Yeah, which will so, be just about everything. Yeah, so it like I don't have to have I can play lightning cards in an ice focus thing because it it they're elemental and all of my arrow attacks are elemental. Yep. So there's that. Um, and then we have take aim, which is a ranger action. Uh, so I'm gonna read it real quick. Uh, the next ranger attack you play gets plus three. Uh, and then it has reload and go again. So in the in the starter deck or blitz deck, there's overflex, which uh, literally does the same thing except it gives a little bit more power. The only difference is take aim is free, whereas overflex costs one. And I kind of would rather have a free card so I can use it on um, my uh, my stronger um, uh, my more my my heavier costed uh, cards. So, just get another copy of Take Aim. Uh, then we have Ice Storm. So, I mean, I have Ice Storm up. Yeah, okay. So, it's an Elemental Ranger. Next gets three. Uh, and then if it's Fused, the next arrow gets, if hit, deal one damage to them. And whenever this attack deals damage to a hero, create that many Frostbite tokens under their control. So, I have ways to give my arrows Dominate. And the whole the whole aspect is to just build up a bunch of like really strong, um, strong things with dominate. And dominate says you can only guard it with one card from your hand, so they're either gonna take a bunch of damage with a lot of uh, drawbacks if they if they take damage, uh, or I'm gonna uh, use up some of their uh, equipments, uh, shield or whatever they're gonna do. So uh, I like that aspect of it. And then we've got sink below, which is a really good guard option, generic. Uh, I'm doing the, the, the red one, so it's got four uh four shield because I like that. Um Yeah, I'll probably probably only ever play red sync below, by the way. Just as like okay, a, good. a blanket deck building sort of deal. Yeah, I wasn't sure about that one. So I'm still not entirely sure on, on like deck building stuff, like what's good and what's not. So I the way that I build decks is I have ideas and I need to physically in my hands play them and see what works because i can theorize all i want but just the way that my brain works i can't put everything together uh then i recommend getting a blizzard i I haven't been given the cost of these cards um but basically everything except for frost lock blizzard and then i'm going to talk about light it up next all of those cards are less than a dollar our sink below is a dollar 75 which it's sorry three dollars for a play set of really good uh, defensive reaction. Um, Blizzard uh, attack loses. Uh, target attack loses and can't gain go again unless the hero pays too. This is also really nice for uh, things like Briar or anyone else that wants to do a lot of a uh, multi attack stuff. It's an ins- an ice instant. So again, I'm I'm taxing them, so I'm I'm shortening their turn, so that I get a little bit more of a survivability and I can really go in on the offensive with that. And then the last card. Is light it up. Uh, there he is. Uh, that's Lexi's specialization. So it has a lightning fusion on it. 
uh, and if it was fused, if this card hits a hero, deal one damage to them for each equipment they control. Uh, and then if let it up deals damage to a hero equal to or greater than the number of equipment they control, equipment they control lose and cannot gain activated abilities until the end of their turn. So I just kind of shut down all of their fancy looking uh, equipment, which is really nice. Really nice. Uh, so lightning, uh, there are quite a few, a handful of lightning cards in, in the deck. So it's not that big of a deal to play it. Like, not that hard to do it. I probably would only uh, keep one, I think. But it's definitely like a really, I think, a very key card for Lexi. So I might need to put in a couple more lightning stuff. But yeah, and light it up is one of those cards that a lot of people see. And you're like, well, it's okay, so it's brutal if it hits. And then it's like, well, okay, it's just it's just never going to hit then. You know, so it'll they'll mm-hmm. just they'll guard it and it'll never hit. And that's a fine argument because one, you're making them guard a ton. Yeah. But then two, when it does hit, it's disgusting. Mhm. So like it'll yeah, they're going to guard it 99% of the time, guard up whatever. But you've got lightning press in your deck. I am going to contra- I'm, I'm going to contradict Cole just a smidge and I'm going to say that I would play Overflex Overtake aim. Um, okay. For the power. Okay. Um, because of stuff like this. That's fair. Or play, or play both if you can fit both. They're both you, good. You, so see, I don't know. Like, I, there's so, there's so many options yeah. and like a lot of combos in in Ranger specifically that like I I'm not entirely sure. Also, a couple copies of Electrify, for sure. Yeah, Electrify and light it up is great too. Yep. You just want to be able to make sure that you fuse it. Yep. Uh, light it up. So it's one of those, and we'll get into a card like that with Oldham too, where if it's not fused, sure, fine, whatever. But when it is fused, oh, mm-hmm. oh, Papa, that's yeah. a lot of damage. Yeah. So I literally, I re- uh, I talked about the most expensive cards I think I would put in, uh, besides you know like the the super, the super nice uh, other ones that we'll talk about in the uh, unlimited budget build. But for the most part, just like Briar. I can completely change the deck and make it more ice focused for 20, maybe $25. Yep. Um, so it's a totally different play style. And most of, most of the things are commons and rares. There might be a couple majestics, but majestics for the most part, aren't that expensive. They're like five bucks. Maybe. Yeah. I love this yep. too, because like a week ago I gave you a lightning list for Lexi. I, so we were mm-hmm. talking about Lexi, and you weren't really sure how to build, like where you wanted to go. Then I was like, "Well, here's a list that I kind of came up with, just to start testing the waters." And I appreciate that you looked at that and went, "You know what? No, I don't yeah. want any of this." Because I was thinking um, the way that Azalea works for Go Wide and why that works like so well for her is that I don't have to balance in between arrows, and because all arrows are elementals, they don't actually have um the um oh my god uh the element that you want to fuse it with right so then in order for me to reload and um and get as many arrows into my arsenal as possible i would have to run a mix of lightning things and and arrows and that to me that just seems like there's too many too many moving pieces when there's already a lot of moving pieces for ranger so i decided to scale it down and if i can't go wide then let me go tall and if i'm gonna go tall i'm gonna be oppressive about it 
because I want to make sure that my attacks are threatening. Um, whereas with like a go wide strategy, it's a bunch of tiny little pokes just kind of whittle their hand down. Um, but that backfires if you don't, if you're not, if you lose um, tempo, then going wide kind of really backfires sometimes. Uh, there's another ranger card. I can't, I think it's like three of a kind or whatever, where you can, uh, I don't remember what, but you draw, I think it's like one cost, draw three, and then you discard a card, I think. Um, then it has go again, which wouldn't be a yeah, bad three, thing. Yeah, three of a kind costs one. That's draw three until next turn. You may only play cards from Arsenal. Go that's right. Yeah. yeah. So I feel like that one might be okay, but, um, I don't know, because, like, I don't know how... In Azalea, I have a lot of options to put cards into my arsenal. And without having New Horizon, which we'll talk about in just a second, um, I find that Lexi's kind of hard to really get the key cards that I want into my arsenal. So, um, yeah, something something that I need to actually play and, and work that out. But um, I will recommend, and I forgot to bring it up, but you want Bullseye Bracers uh, for your equipment. Everything else, basically, that comes with the, with her, uh, blitz deck is fine, for uh, for like a budget option. I just swap out uh, bullseye bracers with uh, mark lightning, mark of lightning, uh, because that's not doing as much as I'd like. Um, and maybe snapdragon scalers for the iron rot legs, but definitely snapdragon scalers for the iron rot legs. Yeah. So like you, you there's, generally don't yeah. want to be playing iron rod equipment if you can avoid it. Yeah. Uh and both of those are pretty cheap to to get. Um I'm keeping the shiver bow though. Um I would like Voltaire in, in an upgraded deck. I think I'd play Voltaire, but Shiver is just fine for a budget. Yep, Shiver's fine. Shiver's good. Yeah. Uh so yeah, that's it. And then an updated or an unlimited, I should say, uh Remorseless is like the Ranger card. Uh, it's the Ranger Arrow ac- Attack. Uh, I'm going to read it. It's, uh, I think it only comes in red, and it's one cost. Yep. Uh, if Remorseless is put into your arsenal face up, until end of turn, it gains defense reactions, can't be played from arsenal to Remorseless's, Remorseless's chain link. And then it also has, Which if it hits... Is huge, by the way, because your defense reactions are usually what people are arsenaling. Because you, you're not using them during your turn, you want to save them, you don't want to pitch them for resource a lot of the time, so you're going to keep it, and you think, I'll just put it in my arsenal, use it next turn, bada-bing, bada-boom. Which yep. is uh, what makes the cards like Command and Conquer so good. But yeah, Remorseless, yep. very good ability. And then if it hits a hero until end of their next turn, whenever they play an action, they lose a life. Yep. Oh, I love Gross. that. You want to yeah. flex on Briar real good? Remorseless. Yep. That being said, a place yep. that's going to run you like $90. Yeah, it used to be 30 but they uh the the first set that went out of print was Crucible uh Crucible right or Yeah, Crucible War. Crucible War, which was the set that it was printed in, so it's about $45 now. So there's that. Uh okay. which honestly, it's reasonable. Like that's fine. It's it's your expensive card. It's not the end of the world. Yeah. Um that's good in like every ranger deck. Uh, also, which I think might be really good in every ranger deck, uh, New Horizon, uh, which is, I think it's the most one of the most expensive, 
uh, legendaries in in the set of Tales of Aria, if not the most expensive. Um, it says uh, when you have a face-up card in your arsenal, uh, you have an additional arsenal zone. So it gives you two arsenal zones, which is nuts. Uh, and then when it's destroyed, destroy all cards in your arsenal, and it has blade break, but with shield of two. It is close. Um, it is close to the most expensive legendary. Nuts. So this this kind of solves part of Ranger's uh, problems, where it gives you, um, it gives you like a a rant, not a random, but like a generic arsenal. Then it also gives you one specifically for your arrows, which are what you wanna what you wanna fire out. Um, so it's so good. It's so simple too. <sighs> that's a that's a card right there, man. That's a good one. Uh, you'll be able to snag it. I'm gonna guess for around a hundred bucks once Unlimited comes out. So no big deal. Yeah. Uh, and then Shock Charmers as well, because I just want to punish shock my opponent. Shock Charmers are good, yep. Yep. Uh, I put Heart of Ice, but I'm going to let you explain that one, because I think it's better in Oldham, and I don't necessarily need I don't it. think Heart of Ice is very good. Um, Heart of Ice is uh-huh. extremely matchup dependent. Okay. That's, that's all I'm going to say about Heart of Ice. Get one, if you want to play with it, learn the matchups that it's good in, and it's going to be very punishing in those matchups. Uh, I think it's very good against Oldham, but otherwise, it's you usually have chess pieces that you'd rather play if you really want to invest like a hundred fifty dollars into a heart of ice or however much it costs. Tunic. I would just get a tunic. Yeah. It's what Frailies is something. Uh, find all's spring tunic. <laughs> Frailies is magic. That's right. Um. Yeah. Just and then I have. Yeah. yeah. I have Voltaire Strike twice, uh, which is the the uh, oh my the bow yep. uh, for Rangers uh, twice per turn, twice per turn instant. You can pitch one, uh, put an arrow card from your hand face up into your empty arsenal zone you control. If you do, you can choose one. It gains one uh, power attack, whatever, until end of turn, or it gains go again until end of turn. So this this works for uh, your Lightning giving you go again, or it gives you a uh, good old, good old extra power on your uh, your go tall strategy, and or you can you do it two times you can a do turn. It twice, yep. And it's an instant, <laughs> so it doesn't cost an action point. Yeah. Yep. That's it's so good, so good. Uh, that's only nine dollars too, by the way, um, which is incredibly affordable, and it's only going to get cheaper when uh, unlimited print comes out. Absolutely. Uh, and then I have Pulse of Volthaven. If I put that up, yeah, that just gives everything plus three for the turn, I believe. It does something really good yeah. like that. It's the it's her legendary, um, and then seek and destroy, which I did not put that down for some yeah. reason. Uh, that's all right. I've got it. Uh, seek and destroy okay. costs zero. It's just a ranger action, so you can play this in Azalea. It's got Azalea on the card actually. Mm-hmm. It says if your <coughs> excuse me, it says your next Atero. Oh my gosh! It says your next arrow attack this turn gains plus three power. And if this hits a hero at the beginning of their next end phase, they discard all cards in their hand and destroy all cards in their arsenal. Go again. So just to clarify, this does not leave your opponent hellbent during your turn. They're going to, at the beginning of their end phase, discard everything before they draw up to four. Okay. Okay. So they don't get to save anything, is what this does. It's really nice. It's also zero cost, gives plus three power. Very good, and it has, and it's got go again, yep. which I think, because I, and like I said, in Azalea, I want to go again as as often as possible, 
So that's really good. And that card's also five dollars right yep. now. So super yeah, I would, I would pick these up now. I don't see this going cheaper than five dollars, even in unlimited. It just seems like the price. Yeah, uh, that's what we find. First edition versus unlimited. Uh, first edition. The legendaries are where all your money is. Like, the normal cards will probably settle around maybe a little cheaper uh, as far as, like, Majestics and stuff like that goes. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, that's my that's my idea on Lexi. Yeah, seems good. Not what I would play, but I do like the idea of it. Um, it's not what I, I would play either. <laughs> I, I would take... I I would say just also play six ball lightnings. Yeah. Um that card's I didn't, just too good. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't think about that one until you were explaining it. I was like, oh yeah, I could see I could see that happening. Yeah, it's totally really free. Just just play ball lightning. There's only two decks that can play it. It's Lexi and it's Briar. Play it. Yep. Play it while you can. So that's gonna bring us to Oldham. Oldham is uh my boy. I like Oldham a lot. He's super cool. And he is so Lexi is kind of in between. Like Briar, you play as more aggressively. Lexi is kind of mid range. Cole talked about a go tall strategy, a little more controlling. Oldham is the go tall strategy. He is mm-hmm. he's go all the way tall. He's the boy. It's yeah. uh, it's fantastic. So Oldham, I don't have pulled up, and I'm not. I'm gonna mess it up if I if I try to read his pure power from memory. So Oldham is a guardian. He's an elemental guardian. He's got essence of earth and ice and once per turn defense reaction. So you can only activate this after your opponent has opened the combat chain and after they've had the opportunity to play attack reactions. Three pitch. If an earth card is pitched this way, prevent the next two damage that would be dealt to Oldham this turn. If an ice card is pitched this way, the attacking hero puts a card from the top of their hand onto their deck. No, from their hand onto the top of their deck. So really controlling really tanky mm-hmm. i've played i don't know like 50 oldham games in blitz i've activated oldham's ability like four times you just don't yeah. activate it very much you just don't what you do it's great it's fantastic it's the best thing you could possibly be doing uh the preventing damage with an earth card most of the earth cards have two or three shield anyway so it's a little irrelevant uh it does help against dominate quite a bit and the ice card, pitching an ice card that way, has won me games against Briar, specifically, because they'll play, like, a ball lightning into an attack, and in response to the ball lightning, I'll have them put a card on top of their deck so they don't have access to it for that turn. So that's super good. Other than that, it's kind of... You'd almost rather have the cards themselves a lot of the time, but that's okay. <clears throat> so we've talked about how, for $20, Briar and Lexi, you can almost finish the deck right Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. it's it's not that's not really the case with oldham oldham has Mm -hmm. a lot of majestics a lot of the more expensive cards there are a lot of the the better cards of the set not that oldham is the best hero i don't think he is i think that briar's the best hero partially because she's so cheap and plays a million commons and rares Mm -hmm. oldham's a lot more of an investment he's probably the most difficult one to play correctly in my opinion it's uh it's very grindy, flesh and blood. You're gonna fatigue your opponent sometimes. That's how you're gonna win. It's gonna be it's gonna be long games, so get ready. 
So we're just going to hit a couple things first. I think the right way to build Oldham is ice. You're going to have a couple Earth cards in your deck, but you're going to want mostly ice cards. And that's because you're going to want to fuse your Endless Winter as much as possible. Uh, the first thing you're going to want to do, you're going to want to take your Titan's Fist or whatever it's called that comes in your deck. You're going to want to throw that away. Get rid of that. You don't want that anymore. <laughs> you want Winter's Whale. It's going to run you about $7. Hits for four. It's got three pitch to attack with it. And if you pitch an ice card, if it hits, you gain a, they gain a Frostbite token. Super good. Super good card. It's how you grind out games with Oldham for sure. Mm -hmm. One of those. Uh, then I'm going to say pick up two Endless Winters. It's going to run you $6 total. Endless Winter costs four. It's an Oldham specialization. It's got Ice Fusion. If it was fused, whenever the defending player guards it, that chain link, with a card, they're going to get a Frostbite token for each card they guarded with. And then if it hits, whenever they activate an ability next turn, they're going to get a Frostbite token. This is the ultimate control piece. Every time I've attacked with Endless Winter, my opponent guards it a bunch so it doesn't hit. Mm hmm and then they skip their next turn because they have a million Frostbites, and they just say, go ahead, I'll crack all my Frostbites, they'll go away. Correct. Or, Correct. they can't guard it all the way, it still hits them for a couple damage, and then they still skip their next turn. Endless Winter is gross. Fuse it yep. every time. That's why we play so much ice, is to fuse Endless Winter. Get this card, it's the second thing you should get. The third thing you should get is Awakening. Awakening is how you win games. It's your the way you turn the corner with Oldham. It costs two. It's an Elemental Guardian instant. It's got Earth Fusion. We're not concerned about fusing it. We don't need to fuse it. If you have less vitality, life, than the opposing hero, create a Seismic Surge token equal to the difference. So if Cole is at 20 and I am at 14, I will make six Seismic Surge tokens. Seismic Surge tokens are a token that sits in play, and then it gets destroyed at the beginning of the Guardian's action phase, and it says the next Guardian attack action card they play this turn is reduced by one for each seismic surge destroyed. Alright? Mm -hmm. So our big attacks that cost four, five, six, seven pitch, we're going to reduce those all the way down to zero pitch with Awakening. You're going to want to set pitch. up Awakening. It's so disgusting. Because Awakening's got a second line of text. It says... After you've created all those seismic surges, then you're going to search your deck for a Guardian Attack action card with costs less than or equal to the number of seismic surge tokens you control, reveal it, put it into your hand, shuffle your deck. Mm. Mm. This card's how you win games. This card's super good. I actually lost an old Amir because I got hit with an Oakenold and I randomly discarded my Awakening. So uh, if I had, I had I kept the Awakening, I could have come back with a Glacial Footsteps fused for 10 and won the game. But it didn't happen that way, and I lost. It's unfortunate. So get two Awakenings. A play set of these for Blitz, $2. $2. Dollar piece. Uh, then we're going to want to fill out our ice cards. I'm going to read through these pretty quick. Uh, these are going to be four of each. You want four of each of these. You want red, co red copies and blue copies. We're not playing any yellow cards in this deck. Yellow cards are for cowards. That's why they're yellow. We don't play them, all right? <laughs> Show to the bone. Icy Encounter, Weave Ice, and Polar Blast. Four of each of them. Bada bing, bada boom. In the deck. All those are ice cards. They're all fine cards. Most importantly, they're going to fuse our Endless Winters and our Snow Unders and our Glacial Footsteps, which we're all going to leave in the deck from the Trial Deck. Okay? Um, the last card I'm going to say to pick up, uh, well, there's two cards. One is Time Skippers. Replace your foot gear with Time Skippers. 
You're not going to play it in every matchup, but it is really good in those long, grindy matchups to get some extra action points. Dime Skiffers are great. And then two red staunch responses. It's a guardian defense reaction. It guards for eight, I think. Oh uh, and, it, and it costs two. Okay? Okay. So that's 20 bucks. Then uh, we got a couple other cards here. You want to make the deck real? This is what you do. Two blizzards. Eight bucks. Get them in there. That's how you're going to control your opponent. Make sure they don't run you over. One pulse of ice and loft. It's going to run you about uh, ten bucks. It's a defense reaction. Guards for six. And it gives all your other elemental ice and earth cards plus one shield that turn. Super mm. good. Two terra sunders. <clears throat> They're going to make your hammer hit for crazy amounts of damage and make your opponent discard cards. Uh, it's going to run you $12. Channel Lake Frigid is my favorite card in the deck. It's going to cost you about, uh, it's going to cost you, excuse me, about $18 for a playset. Channel Lake Frigid is an aura. It stays in play. It says go again when you play it. And it says cards and activated abilities opposing heroes play cost an additional pitch. So your one pitch weapon attack now costs two. Your uh, free activated ability now costs one. Your three cost card now costs four. Blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's got Channel Ice. At the beginning of your end step, you're going to put a flow counter on Channel Lake Frigid. And then for each flow counter, you need to put an ice card from your pitch on the bottom of your deck. If you can't, you destroy Channel Lake Frigid. We can set this up. We can keep this into play for th in th for three turns. Super easy. That's how much ice we play. It's the other reason we want to play so much ice. Keep our Channel Lake Frigid in play. This card is insane. This card wins games. Yep. All right? Mm -hmm. uh, last thing you want that's not an equipment is Spinal Crush. Spinal Crush is disgusting. Spinal Crush is an old Guardian card from Welcome to Wraith. It's going to cost you 30 bucks for the playset. Costs 5. Hits for 9. And it's got Crush. Crush is a keyword if it deals 4 or more damage to a hero. Action cards, activated abilities, and attacks. The defending hero controls lose go again and cannot gain go again during their next turn. So, Briar, sorry. Take your turn off. Katsu, mm -hmm. Ira, take your turn off. Uh, Dorinthia, take your turn off. Any of the, uh, Bolton, anybody that wants to go wide, or, oh, Dorinthia wants to go tall, but she still needs to go again to function. Anyway, any of these, like, go again a million times, uh, Lightning Lexi, Azalea, take your turn off. They have to overguard this. And then mm -hmm. we're gonna put, uh, a little spicy tech, we're gonna put some pummel in the deck, some red pummel to give this thing plus four. It's gonna be, it's gonna be hot. Ew. It's going to get him every time. It's going to get him every time. Super good card. That's the quick and dirty on Oldham because we're kind of running a little long here and there's I still want to close it out and talk a little bit, but mm -hmm. it could be a longer episode. That's fine. That's Oldham. Um, so without the equipment, you're looking at uh, 60, 80, uh, 80, 80 to 90 bucks to really get you there. Um, and then real quick, we'll touch on the good equipment. Uh, tectonic plating is, I hate to say it, but it's a must. It's an absolute mm. must. That's your chest piece. It's going to run you about 150 bucks. It's got two shield with battle worn. It's got an activated ability that says go again, make a seismic surge token that we talked about earlier. That's just, you do that every single turn. Super good. Crater fist is optional. Uh, runs you about 60 bucks. It's going to buff up your spinal crush. It's the only crush card I play, but you could play mangle if you wanted to also to make your crater fist better. The other card that's optional is Crown of Seeds. It's going to run you about $190. It's going to utilize your arsenal to help you draw cards and prevent damage. Really good card. 
and then the most expensive legendary in the game, uh, or in the set, excuse me, Rampart of the Ram's Head. It's going to run you about 250 to $270, depending on where you buy it from. It's a little pricey. Um, I've been playing without it, because I haven't bought one yet. Okay? I desperately want one. The value in it is insane. I've been playing with mm-hmm. a worn buckler, which just guards for one. Uh, Oldham, so the original Guardian, uh, Bravo, had a two-handed weapon. Oldham's weapon is one-handed, which means he can play this shield. This is a Rampart of the Ramset is a shield. It's got zero shield on it, but when you defend with it, you pay a pitch to give it plus one shield for the turn. And it does not have battle-worn, blade break, or temper, so it stays for the whole game. Now, every time you guard with it, you have to pay that pitch, but when you have things like Awakening, Oldham's Defense Reaction, Crown of Seeds, you're going to utilize Staunch Response, you're going to utilize that pitch um, even more. So you're going you're gonna to save a lot of damage coming in by using your Rampart of the Ram set throughout the course of the game. I see. It's, I see. It's very, very strong. So we're... <sighs> Is is yeah. Rampart of the Ram's Head, is that an elemental shield, or is that just a guardian shield? I believe it's just a guardian shield. Um, Rampart of the Ram's Head is guardian equipment offhand. Yep. Oh. That's really cool. Good card, for sure. And then what's this crown of seeds? Uh, that's, that's what I talked about just a second ago. Okay, I um, missed that one. Yeah, it's, uh, it's a headpiece. You can use it to prevent damage. Uh, you utilize your arsenal. Basically, it's uh, pay one pitch, put your arsenal card on the bottom of your deck, draw a card, prevent the next one damage that would be dealt to you. Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So if you really wanted to, you could play Bravo with Titan's Fist and Rampart of the Ram's Head instead of, uh, I think it's an- Anathos. Is his, so is his hammer is is Bravo also more of a grindy sort of? Sort Bravo of, uh, cares a lot hero? about uh, crush. Uh, Bravo's weapon also generally is going to be attacking for six. Yikes. Typically, um, so Bravo cares a lot about get. He's he's going to be hitting his crush effects a lot. He's going to play a lot more crush cards. Mm-hmm. Where Oldham, we're really looking to win the game with one or two really big attacks with Dominate that can't be guarded. Yeah. Yeah, it's annoying. Yeah, and then <laughs> Bravo is going to grind you out by taking away your ability to do things with these crush effects, and then eventually he's going to win kind of the same way. Um, They're just going about it in different ways. And I think the survivability of Oldham kind of puts mm-hmm. him over the top. The access yeah. to these ice cards, channel like Frigid, Blizzard, stuff like that. Um, mm-hmm. Pulse of Isenloft. That's what's going to put Oldham over the top of, of Bravo, in my opinion. Dude, there are just so many really good and cool and just fun cards in this set. It's it's insane. And like I love the way that they built it, that they constructed it too, where you have your elemental, uh, you know, stuff but then they also have like each have two specializations like two of the elements and then a lot of the the uh um actions are one of the elements so you can play 
your ball lightnings in in like two decks, which is really cool. It's really nice. I I appreciate that thought and aspect when they're building the set. Oh, that's cool. It's a very well designed set, in my opinion. So you yeah. can see almost no generic cards in the set. Mm-hmm. They're all elemental or <clears throat> of an element. So the set is kind of like it's like a very fancy Venn diagram. Mm-hmm. I will say though, if you're not playing one of the three heroes in this set, there's not a ton of reason to to really buy into it. But like each of these well, heroes, are like really that depends on your hero. It depends on what you're playing. Okay, so like Rune Blades for sure, and then a, a couple of cards like right because there's yeah, a couple there's of really stuff good here and there. Cards. I wouldn't go cracking boxes of it if you're not looking to play right, yeah. one of these three heroes. But I would invest yeah, in some key cards for sure. Yeah, and like, oh man, I know this set's really good. I like it. I love the art on it too. I think they stepped it up from oh, it's all so Monarch pretty. too. Yeah, I mean, I'm a big fan of Monarch artwork. I, the I love Monarch. Has probably the best artwork I've seen in TCG. Honestly, I definitely think it's up there. Yeah, super oh. good stuff. Super pretty. So, um, we already know that you play old him, right? What other? Uh, would you want to play any of the other heroes in here? Or, like, any of them look interesting yeah, I, to you enough to play? I go to sleep every night thinking that I should just play Briar if I want to win. Um, <laughs> and it's so cheap, and I, like, I have all the stuff for it. I just, it's just not put together, really. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, Briar's really good. I do like Runeblades quite a bit. Yeah. They're super fun. I just tore Viscerai apart. Because all of his cards spiked way, way, way up, oh. some uh, crazy, crazy market stuff, and some, yep. some deck lists, some winning deck lists. Um, and I had a buddy uh, at an LGS that wanted to build Viscerai, so I moved him my stuff, and I used that to flesh out my playset of Enlightened Strikes and Art of Wars and stuff like that. So I, I, I'm happy about it, but I no longer have Viscerai. Um. I do own a Carrion Husk, and I kept my Grasp of the Arcanite, so I built Chain just to have another Runeblade. Mm-hmm. He's really rough without seeds with, of, with Seeds of Agony being banned. Yeah. I am playing him with Rosetta Thorn, uh, which is Briar's weapon. Interesting. It's really strong. Uh, I've I've only played one game, and it was against Hannah's Dorinthia, and it was at like 11 at night because I made her play because I just finished the deck and wanted to test it. <laughs> so that game has an ass. I did win, but it's got an asterisk on it for sure. Uh, I'll probably test some more actually as soon as we're done here because it's. I want to see if I can make chain work. I don't think I can. I think what's going to happen is like by this time next week, I'll have Briar built probably because mm. it's so cheap. Yeah. That, see, like, I. Going through this, this is a really good idea for an episode, by the way, because a yeah. it got me it got me building like uh, thinking about building Lexi in a way that I would not have would not have thought about before. Really? Uh, yeah, I hate I hate control and, and like going tall. Like the the fun for me in Flesh and Blood is to see how wide I can go and and all the combos I can do to get as many attacks as possible, which is why I really like Azalea and I'm looking <sighs> you for other play heroes Katsu, too. Man, you should play Katsu. Yeah, that's probably that's the, probably where I'm going. The ninja keyword is called combo. Like, it's, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I like, and it. it was a an interesting take, and I I kind of like that. Uh, trying to trying to build like that. Um, but also, this is a really good guide for for building a Briar deck for super cheap. Um, 
So that's probably what I'm probably going to... Briar's when I can. And I'm not saying build this deck and you will win. That's not what I'm saying. Briar's very difficult to play. Actually, all these heroes kind of command a bit of respect to play the game. You know what I mean? Like, they're... Yeah. This game is fun to learn. There's a lot to this game. A lot of nuance. You're going to get your butt kicked a lot playing this game. So often. So, I so mean, often. if you tuned into our Flesh and Blood stream, Cole and I played, like, seven games, and I went 7-0, and and uh-huh. that was a little bit because of my decks, but a little bit because I've got, like, a month on him of playing the game, and I play a lot more than he's able to play right now. Yeah. Just because of that's how our availability shakes out. So the more you play, the better you will get. And and the more that you understand, like, the cost of cards and, and like, the little, little, the little um, interesting interactions and, and stuff like that. Absolutely. Um, so. <sighs> that, was, uh, that was good. I should pull up the... I forgot to pull up the... Yeah, so uh, while he's else? doing that, if you guys have any questions, you want our deck lists, um, or just advice about decks, please hit us up on Discord, send us an email, because um, we definitely want to talk about this. I think next week... Actually, next week, we've got a super special episode. Uh, so tune in for that. I think it'll be super fun. There's going to be a handful of unfamiliar voices, but I think it's going to provide some really good insight to people making the jump from other card games to Flesh and Blood, or mm-hmm. just holding on to their card games still, but peeking their head through the door, seeing what, you know, what is what is this... What is this all about? Is this for What's me? Th- <laughs> is this a fad? Is this actually yeah. a thing? Uh, because next weekend, we will be attending The Calling in Cincinnati. So come on down and say hi if you're there. It's going to be super dope. And we're going to have Cole, unfortunately, won't be here. Still listen, though. I know you guys tune in for me anyway. It's fine. Yeah, um, we all know that. So it's going to be myself and uh, a couple of uh, it's buddies, team members, whatever you, I don't know, people that I play the game with are going to be doing a little roundtable about the calling and our experience uh, after day two. Friday is day one. We're going to play some Blitz side events, maybe draft a little bit. Saturday is day one of the main event, and so you'll get our insight on kind of how we feel about it. Uh, everybody from I've never played a TCG before this to I've only played Vanguard to I've, me, you know, who's played a ton of Magic, a ton of Vanguard, you know, uh, you're going to get all kinds of different opinions on what was going on at the Calling, and and well, mm-hmm. it, sh- it should be fun. I'm very excited to hear that. Yeah, it, sh- it should be good. Alright, so, if you did not know, and you're listening to this somehow, and uh, are really curious why you haven't heard this before, we're on our own feed. I don't know, that makes no sense, but and we're on iTunes. I don't think we're on Google Podcast yet because it's being really finicky for some reason, and I have not had time to fix that. But we're pretty much everywhere else you would find your podcasts. Um, I would say that we have a, a website, drivecheck.net, which I don't know why I'm even including that anymore because that's not exactly... Although, Alan's working on revamping it, and there might be a section where we can put in for like articles and stuff, but sure. I have to think about that in the future. It, and I, uh, anyone who's listening, if you have any ideas for uh website content or what you want to see on a vote on a website, go ahead and give us an email at uh drivecheckpodcast at gmail.com or, or hit us up on Twitter or whatever. Just give me some, some feedback on that. Um, 
YouTube. If you search Drive Check Podcast, you can find our, our YouTube channel. We got um some premium content. We will have Flesh and Blood coming soon. You can find our uh, our Learn to Play stream that we did a couple weeks ago. Uh, the whole VOD is up there. I have not had time to break it up, but it's about like almost four hours of content. It's a pretty good thing. Uh, and then if you want to watch us play live occasionally, probably not in the next two to three weeks, but uh, twitch.tv slash drive underscore check. Give us a sub and a follow. It'd be greatly appreciated. Uh, and like I said, the email earlier. And if you want to send us a tweet uh, at drive underscore check, that is for both podcasts. I do not feel like changing that. I am at Cole underscore McCune, C-O-L-E underscore M-C-C-O-N-E. And Andy, where can they find you? Yeah, the easiest way to get a hold of me is on Discord. Uh, just message me, Nerdbane. It's uh, message code 4526. So that's the best way to do it. Or just at me if you're a member of the Discord. And just if you're, just join the Discord. Join the Discord. That's the easiest way, honestly, to get feedback or ask questions or anything like that. So. Yeah, we have uh, specific channels dedicated to Flesh and Blood. There's specific channels dedicated to this podcast, too. And you can just literally only contribute there, and that would be fine, yeah. too. Yeah, uh, if you, there should be a link in the Discord to get to our Discord in the show notes on the podcast. Or you can message us on, on like I said, email, Twitter, wherever you can. I can get you a link for that. All right, we're heading out. I I personally will see you guys in three weeks. It'll be two three weeks. weeks. Uh, three so weeks. that doesn't mean that doesn't mean there's not going to be perfect guard. I know Drive Check is putting in cool people to fill your void. Um, yeah, I might do that. We'll see. We'll do something. We might take a week off. We might not. I don't. Know. I haven't decided yet. Depends on what kind of mood I'm in. Hmm. Interesting. All right. And you'll have all the equipment that you need, too. Yeah, so. everything's good to go. So uh, next week, tune in next week. I think you guys are really going to like it. It's not going to, real quick, it's not going to go live at the normal time because I'm not going to be recording until Saturday night. So it'll probably, honestly, upload Sunday uh, will be the, the safest time to do it. So next week's episode will be a day behind. Yep. All right. Uh, goodbye. See you. See you next week. Bye, everybody.